Hi, my name is Sean Shaler. This is my friend Chris Ford, aka The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. I suppose you can be The Objective Geek other places if you want to be. Those are just the two places where I know you're actively, uh, <laughs> objectively geeking. So those are the two places you're from. Mm. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Uh, it's going it's going fine. It's Excellent. going uh, fairly, fairly decently. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, well, we have a treat for you. And by a treat for you, I mean the same thing that we always <laughs> treat you to which is one and or two episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender. This week we've got two of them uh, because they happen to be the last two on the disc because I'm old-fashioned and I'm watching DVDs <laughs> where you could only stuff a measly like four or five episodes on a disc. This is Book 2 Earth Episodes 4 and 5 of Book 2, 24, 25 overall. Um, kind of a strange slate of episodes, but we'll get to that in a minute. First, let's lead off with... Uh, it's not really news, so I just call it stuff. Let's lead off with stuff. Uh, Chris, ah, latest videos. Yeah. You've got uh, you've got a ton of videos up in the past two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Eh, mm. Past three, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so my latest video is the top ten Legend of Korra book one air facts you did not know. And and I, uh, I created this list because I listen to, I love listening to commentary on anything, really. Like, it's it's weird. I just love it. I love getting into the creators' heads and, like, what they actually think. Because, like, fans, like, speculate about stuff all the time. But it's, like, the owners, the creators are, like, the gods of this universe. Like, what they say is, is canon unless it completely contradicts something in the show. So was, I just always find enjoyment listening to them, listening about the progress of it all, the process and all. And I just, you know, found, like, 10 or so fats that I thought were uh, really amazing. So I wanted to put a video out there for it. I, the uh, canon's sort of funny to me in terms of like creators contributing uh, before or after the fact because there's like number one thing of canon is like what actually happens in the TV series, okay? And then number two is yes. anything the creators say after that, unless it contradicts with anything in number one, in which case we have to weigh: yes. are they retconning what's in the top thing and just saying something but then didn't actually happen? unless it was actually produced later on. And then third, after that, is written materials. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anything in print. Sorry, not written. Any print <laughs> materials. I mean... Uh, that's next. I, I, <laughs> I no did go magazines. television show, comic books, and any, anything else, and then creator uh, input or commentary. And creators, like not... The writers of the show. Good point. It has to be Great like the point. creators. Great. Right, not just the artists like, like sneaking some stuff in the background. Yeah. No offense, artists, you're doing and a great like, job. And then like way down below, like actors. Wait, I was gonna say, what if a voice actor? Um, so I, I forget her name. The lady who voice acts Cora, who does Cora's voice. What is her name? Jeanette Varney, uh, aka Jeanette Varney, Jeanette friend Varney. of the show, Jeanette Varney. Yeah. Um, yeah. What if she came out and said? Something on the order of, like, I always feel like uh, Korra would think this way. Like, she is Korra, in a sense. Um, it's it, not saying that would supersede, like, writers or creators, but maybe that fits above uh, maybe comic books written by other parties or something. Like, because she's kind of Korra. I don't know. Who would think more like Korra than a person who is Korra? I'll, 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 I'll take the, the comic books over, over a voice. Because sometimes... The voice actor is like Grey Delisle, who voices Azula. Like, she's never seen the show before. Which, <laughs> she's in so many shows she could not possibly watch. That is, like, she that could, is very true. Like, if she came out tomorrow and she told me, she's like, hey, who's Vicky? And I'd be like, that's insane, yeah. but I kind of get it. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Which, 
I've actually been watching Fairy Odd Parents pretty frequently recently. (laughs) I'm not ashamed at all. She's great in that, too. Uh, I recently listened to... uh, Jenna Varney has her own podcast called the uh, JV Club. JV stands for Jenna Varney. Um, Nice. And uh, and she has like a lot of people on the show. She had Greg Lyle on it, which is a really good episode. Really good. Uh, and like Greg Lyle going to a voice, like she like talks, she like has this voice for her grandma, and it's so different than her own voice. It's it's like oh, I'm just hearing a different person in there because you know you're just hearing the voice. But she's such a talented voice actress. Is it? Uh, it's Janet Varney, right? I keep saying Jeanette, but it's Janet Varney. Yeah, Janet. Gadget guy. Um, so is Great Delisle, is her normal voice like anything close to Sam slash Vicky slash Azula? Or is it um, kind of its own separate entity? I mean, I'm sure you can hear it in there, but it, if I just heard her talk God, tomorrow, would I be able to pick it out? I mean, it's, it's probably more in line with Azula, I think. And you played Arkham City, right? Mm-hmm. Arkham City is my favorite of uh, that so she... quadrilogy. Okay, so she she voices Catwoman, in in that game. Yeah, I don't know if um, I would have picked that out until now or until you know if we talked about so it. and I played it tomorrow, yeah. maybe. And and maybe. Gosh, she's such a good. It's not really like any of them, honestly. Like okay. she she is really good. good. No, I was gonna say that's a. I, I think that. that's a very high compliment. <laughs> I would say the thing is the like most... on the show. I think it's on that episode, like. Janet and, and her were talking about like voice asking people come up to them and ask like oh can you do like the voice of, of Zula and then like Janet Varney does a quick like voice of Azula and you can tell the change not Janet Varney Greg Delisle does a quick voice of Azula and you can tell the change and then they ask Janet Varney to do it she's like um, I'm just using my voice <laughs> it's just like a little <laughs> deeper <laughs> or it's just, like it's just sort of a microphone voice versus a regular voice yeah. she's like she's like I feel like I really disappoint people at like cons and stuff. It happens. Uh, anyway, all right. So, yeah. Uh, other videos I have, I'm pretty sure I have some Game of Thrones reviews up mm-hmm. from some previous episodes. And then uh, Avatar Wise, there's another Avatar. It didn't video. have to be Avatar. I'm oh, always interested in hearing the, all the uh, videos. Uh, I have up, which we can talk about the Kyoshi novels. Just have up my uh, quick reaction to uh, they released some more information about it and an excerpt from it, which I'm very excited for. And then. Movie review wise, I have Detective Pikachu movie review up, and that was fine. I I am more excited than your for it than your review got me. Uh, usually, like <laughs> I'll watch your review, and if you're like it's you know it's fine, yeah. it's it's above average or whatever, I'm like whatever, I don't have to see it. But I was so excited yeah. for you to love Detective Pikachu just to condone me going and seeing it. That I was, I was a little hurt, and I haven't even seen the movie yet. But I will. I won't see it in Sorry. theaters, but I'll I'll see it at some point because. More more so than Pokemon, I'm just a huge Ryan Reynolds fan, so I'll go see it at some he, point. He's just, great. I he's can't great. imagine him yeah. not doing a great job as a, as an adorable <laughs> little Pikachu. Uh, just the right amount of snark and and meta for Pikachu. Um, so we will I get. To... It's, it's yeah. I was I just think it's more of a kids show, kids movie than uh, than all ages movie. You're talking to a guy that spent the past uh, three or four days watching Fairly Odd Parents and Avatar: The Last Airbender. So I'm, you know, <laughs> I have a certain uh, level of TV show that I watch pretty regularly. Uh, yeah. No offense to either of those shows. I so we'll talk about Game of Thrones just a hair and Kyoshi novel just a hair because I want to get your your kind of live reactions. 
but you said something that I feel like was a great segue, is you said you had some Batman news, and somehow we just happened to have uh, Arkham City come up. Um, I have not heard oh, this yeah, Batman right. news, yeah, but I'm excited for whatever it is. It sounded like a segue. <laughs> this news just dropped like 30 or 40 minutes or so. They have casted the new Batman, or they're pretty much casted. They're like in Final Talks, which pretty much means they've casted it. And uh, the new Batman will be Robert Pattinson. Oh, no, Chris. I don't know who that is. Tell me what he is. <laughs> okay. I was so excited okay, you to know react. This... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Once, once a, all right. Uh, Twilight. Oh, okay. Oh. 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 Yes. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, this is bad. <laughs> okay. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, that's not good at all. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's almost. I'm so glad that I'm. I'm so glad that you did not just know this news so I can hear your rat. It's like, Chris. That's like a joke. Like, hey, you know, it'd be hilarious if somebody <laughs> that played Fat Batman uh, was also good at playing vampires. And you know, there's like a transition there. If he can do one, he can probably do the other basically the same thing um well hey that's horrifying uh, thank you for telling my me. <laughs> my reaction is uh it's fair it's a fairly calm reaction honestly i think because and i and i was fairly upset when ben affleck was cast in the role of batman like even though he's always looked like batman i was just like no i don't i don't want to see that and it turned out i really like ben affleck as batman not my favorite Batman, probably my second favorite, but that's honestly not a hard not counting Kevin Conroy, of course. Um, that goes without saying. <laughs> that's a different. Um, it's kind of uh, apples and oranges, right? I I think at least. But... Uh, I'll, they're all Batman, and Kevin Conroy is the best Batman. I like, wouldn't matter to me, but I think most people would uh, agree. Yeah, um, and Christian Bale, second best Batman, and Michael Keaton. I don't really love that Batman all that much. I, um, it's but, a weird concept for me where I like, I know you and I disagree on the, on Batman's recent movies. I like the Michael Keaton movies, maybe a hair better than Ben Affleck's Batman movies. But I think Ben Affleck is actually, yeah, I think he's a pretty underappreciated Batman. And I think that the fact that I don't like those movies is not a reflection on him as Batman at all. I think he no. did a very good job. I just didn't happen to like those movies. So I agree entirely. So, ben Affleck, not maybe, happy at first, but not disappointed later. And maybe part of my calmness is that, like, there's been kind of whispers that he's... People have thrown around his name a lot, and so I think maybe that's just been in my head. Like, when Ben Affleck was like, that came out of nowhere for me. Um, but also, so Robert Pattinson has done a lot of work since his Twilight days. Like, <laughs> I hear he's a really good actor. Uh, I haven't really seen him in much because I don't watch a lot of uh, low Harry budget Potter? movies. You don't watch that. <laughs> Honestly, when yes. you said uh, so, when you said Twilight, that's actually the first place my mind went. Is not oh Robert Pattinson equals uh, Twilight guy, whatever his name is, Edward. <laughs> Robert Edward. Pattinson equals Rattle. Uh, uh, was was Cedric, what was his name? Cedric Diggory. Yeah, right. Uh, okay. Cedric Diggory. Um, and so, but like, I still had to skip a step, name. and that's when I kind of made the connection mm -hmm. and he's a good cedric but that's, that's a pretty small role and i also haven't seen him in in much of anything else outside of harry potter i've never watched twilight because <laughs> i don't think i need to probably I've won't i've actually seen them all that's okay the last one's a lot not of people that bad. a lot of people have seen them all no judgment here i've seen most of the first <laughs> one 
I, I feel like I you are judging. Watching. You're saying no judgment here. As no judgment here. Uh, other people can't judge you, but I'm in control of the camera and the keyboard, so I'll judge. Um, no, okay. I've seen most of the first one, and I put it down when the stupid baseball scene came on. I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is horrible. And I just I put it okay. away. And then I haven't touched any of the other ones since. I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure lots of people have seen all four of them, whether or not they care to admit it. Uh, congratulations, Robert Pattinson. That's cool. I'm sure you're in better stuff than I've seen you in personally, as I didn't know who you were at first. He'll, the thing is, is that so part of me is really excited because all right, we got more information on the next Batman movie, which means you know production's gonna be starting sometime soon. It means a new Batman's out, and I'm really excited. And Matt Reeves, the director of it, is, he's a really great director. He's directed the last two Planet Apes movies, and if he can make me like emotionally connect to CGI chimpanzee. The way that those movies do, he will do an amazing job in, in Batman. And so I should, you know, trust his vision and everything. He should, he wouldn't pick Robert Pattinson didn't see something in him that he didn't think would, uh, would, uh, would make a good Batman. Seems fair to me. But on the, flip side of, on the flip side of that, like, I still, I love the Justice League movie. And I, and I love that universe, even though, you know, I think the universe has some issues. Uh, but I still love it. And I think, you know, there's a good movies, but it's a weird thing going on right now. Like they got Aquaman that made a billion dollars, did really great. They have Wonder Woman. Gal I can't Gadol wrap just... my brain around Aquaman. Keep <laughs> that much money. I still haven't watched it. I promise I will. Soon. Oh, you haven't? Okay. No, I haven't. Uh, my wife has, and she liked uh, it a lot. Okay. Naturally, right. because fan service. Whatever. I like movies that go the other way. I liked Wonder Woman, but she also liked Wonder Woman. So that's different. Yeah. Um, I and think so, like, it... I, I, I really still want to see Justice League again. I want to see these heroes back together. And so when I cast, I have a casting video for the Batman and all the characters. Um, I cast like an actor who was young enough to play a younger Bruce Wayne, but also old enough to still like reasonably, reasonably look like he could be the same age as Ben Affleck's Batman. And Robert Pattinson is like skews way young. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me think that we won't, get more Justice League movies and and that kind of bonus me out. Like I, I want to see more of that story develop. Granted, I think DC is like, listen, we're just trying to make good movies now. We're not trying to do a whole universe thing, which is good for them. I still just want some Justice League. Like they don't have to be they don't have to make a billion dollars to see Justice League movie. I just want to see these characters intermingle every now and then. Doesn't have to be connected to all those movies. I just want them all in a movie and tell a story. Eh, one of one of many places where we're different. I definitely prefer my my superheroes in in standalones. I'm not a big crossover guy, but uh, yeah. you know, uh, in this case, I I know so little about them. My initial reactions based on Twilight aren't good, or even Harry Potter as a huge Harry Potter fan. But <laughs> there's nothing to judge off there. It's like that's a billion times different character, and he's got a small role in it. Like, so I really have nothing to work on. So I'll try to keep a tame appearance or a tame reaction. I will say, I think you handled the Ben Affleck news uh, probably with more grace than you're suggesting. Like you said, you were upset initially. I don't really remember you being that upset. I remember you being maybe like surprised. Um, But then, correct Hmm. me if I'm wrong in my timeline in my head, not long after that, or very close to that at least, they released some uh, like design of the suit and of the Batmobile. And I think you were really excited about that. So maybe that kind of like... Maybe that quelled you yes. a little bit. Like, I don't know about Ben, yeah. but look at this. This was really cool. So I think you handled it with more yeah, grace really... than you're giving yourself credit for. I'm, 
I'm sure I did. I don't overreact. Yeah, there's, there's no point to overreact in this long before a movie is even announced. Yeah. We, we we know nothing. That's my that's my segue. By the way, we know nothing. You see what I did there? Uh, Game of yeah, Thrones. I got it. <laughs> I don't want. I'm glad you picked up on it. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> use a ton of time on it because you've been putting out great videos. Anybody that's interested, just go watch those videos. They're great. But uh, I just thought it'd be fun to point out the fact that everybody's flipping out about this movie, the, about the uh, the whole season, and your your videos have taken. A, I just wanted to say thank you. Your videos have taken a very nice approach. Uh, to pointing out some critiques and flaws, but without having this panic attack or signing any petitions uh, like the rest of the world seems to be doing. And the petition thing, I know it happens all the time. This petition thing that comes up or whatever is like, even if they did remake it, like that would not, there'd be no satisfaction. I hate anytime something like this happens and people sign a petition, like a Mass Effect game or whatever. It's like, that does not make it more satisfying. That just, it's like admitting it was a screw up and trying to like wide out over that that's not good ever just don't be mad this is somewhat do separate but like <clears throat> like you know the sonic movie came out with the recent talked about the recent yeah but like people were bit. so mad about it that they were like no we're gonna redo the design like like i like that they're gonna redo the design but also it's like well they just gave in into like the internet they <laughs> like did. don't give the internet that much power. i like you don't want to give nerds that much power because they one thing you can never please nerds you can't so please everybody much try. less not, much less a very uh mm-hmm. kind of notoriously um also, meticulous group maybe it's not it's not like these are like it's, it's not like these are huge sonic fans <laughs> you know it's not it's like audience. people will claim yeah um i was upset when i saw sonic because i think he's hideous i've kind of gone through like all five <laughs> stages of grief so it's like I saw, I don't know what the five stages of grief are. It just feels like it's been five different stages. Um, but like I saw him, I was upset. And then they, my wife will give me a lecture. And then we can talk about how Link is actually dead in Majora's Mask. Uh, different story, different day. Um, but like I hated it when I saw it and then they redid it. And I was happy at the idea of a redesign. But the more I thought about it, it's like I'm not the target audience. Probably it's probably a kid's movie. And B, that movie looks like garbage no matter what Sonic. It's going to be terrible regardless it's not the fact that sonic is hideous and so in my mind it's that's another case where you're right we they probably should not have redesigned it even if i'm happy that they realize that he's pretty pretty ugly but um similar similar case here i think people are overreacting to game of thrones uh your videos have done a nice job of of mellowing those critiques at kind of a human level and chances are all these people still going to tune in for episode six if you were really mad, you'd turn it off and you wouldn't watch it. Everybody's still going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. You're going to watch it. The whole world. So how mad are you if you're still going to turn the TV on? When I get really mad at something, like, like you know, uh, Twilight 1, I just turn the TV off. Yeah. <laughs> certain years, I the am, NBA The thing is, even though I hate where they took a certain character, um, also I think it's important to realize the difference between what your preference for something is and the actual quality of it is because people get that confused all the time, and I and I, and I sound really pretentious saying that, and I'm sorry, um, <laughs> but like you're the objective like, geek, you're Wars, supposed to say that. I know, but like with Star Wars, people are like, oh, I don't like what they did to Luke's character. I'm like, well, it's not that much of a departure. You just didn't like the direction it went. Like in Man of Steel, oh, I didn't like that Superman killed Zod at the end of that. Like, did the movie tell you that he wasn't going to kill somebody? Like, just because it's, it's not. A reflection of the quality of the film 
but you're going to badmouth that film just because it did something that you didn't want it to do. Now, in the case of Game of Thrones, I think a certain character went in a direction that was just rushed and and wasn't good story wise. And most um, people agree granted, with you. I, most people, I think, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, granted, I think, and 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 that is that isn't what I wanted that character to do, but that's fine because I can see how this character would do that but the show did not paint that it did not connect these dots for it so it just all felt a little unearned that being said i'm still excited to see the finale of it like anything could happen i'm still gonna watch it i'm still probably gonna enjoy it um like you mentioned earlier i try to bear to the other side you mentioned there's like distinguishing preference from quality i would like to think i do that well in a sense of i almost always just think about preference and I try to be pretty self-aware of that. That's fine. It may not be good quality, and I say this about a lot of games and TV shows or anything I play, it's like, it may not be good quality, I'm still going to enjoy it. And I'm going to drink and have popcorn and watch it, and it's going to be great. Um, so long story short, people are reacting on the internet to what is, yeah, disappointing. But um, just another plug, watch, watch those videos. Good videos, Chris. I appreciate the recaps um we, we no thank you and then we kind of already touched on the kiyoshi novel i just wanted to bring up i did that's one of the few videos that you've put out that i have watched in the past two weeks um and i'm not huge on reading but it sounds like it's going to be pretty exciting and i wanted to bring it up because it ties in beautifully to one of our two episodes today uh the second one actually and then finally this is totally kind of a one-off but i wanted to know we you put out youtube videos um, you mentioned at one point you have a, like, a potential collaboration with another YouTube uh, creator. I know you watch a lot of YouTube. Do you have recommendations? What, what, I'm just curious like what some of your famous, <laughs> your famous favorite YouTube channels are. Like If you're sitting at home and you need background noise or yeah. sort of semi-pay um, attention, what are your go-to YouTube channels? Pure curiosity. I don't... When it comes to, uh, to Avatar-related content... Um... Uh, there's a guy named Rohan Boy, so hopefully can, um, or Rohani Boy, I can, yeah, Rohan. Uh, he makes a lot of good videos. I mean, he makes make a lot of recent ones. Um, Sage's Rain, absolutely love Sage's Rain videos. He, uh, I feel like his videos, they're they're more video essays. So I think really get into the heart and and the character heart of a lot of these characters and the meaning behind them. Um, he doesn't get too like, um literaturally with it um, but that's that's fine i don't i don't i don't want him to do that he just gets the kind of heart and soul of the characters also he has a great voice and there's always great music in the background his videos um so i really enjoy his videos um a person who doesn't really need any any uh publicity is a youtuber called hello featured me and he puts out um well i think a lot of people consider some of the best avatar content out there um, yeah, I'm impartial myself, myself. <laughs> but <laughs> I was gonna say we're probably what number uh, three on that list of all time, probably. No, no, no. So. Uh, probably number. It, it, well, so there's probably him, <laughs> then uh, Avatar Critic, which I, I, Avatar Critic has like ten thousand or so subscribers, something like that, and then, uh, then other people, and then like I'm at sits, but that's a huge drop to like we're like a huge drop to sits well we are the if you type avatar in in spotify we are the i think we're the fourth one that pops up 
but I have no idea what they base their criteria on. Like, if I gave us a five-star review on Spotify, so we're like, you know, one for one, uh, maybe that's what drives that. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but Spotify, oh, another, yeah. another Other uh, YouTube con- uh, creators that I really enjoy watching, um, RDC World One. Um, uh, his, stuff, his stuff is hilarious. Like, uh, if you ever see those, like, and he has, like, he covers a grand you know just range of things from basketball to anime to cartoons like he does a lot of skits and stuff like it's it's top quality hilarious stuff like he has one about like you know he'll always do the finals like lebron james after game one of certain so finals like when jr smith <laughs> miss messed up that call like his regression that he has a video of like this is how chick-fil-a employees be or um he has this one called Anime House where they all play different anime characters. <laughs> <And> like <laughs> characters trying to fight each other all the time. Just great content. And what was the name on that one? I don't I don't remember um what you said. RDC World One, I believe. Or Supreme Dreams. They're seeing him on uh on a uh, on Facebook and Twitter. I think he goes by Supreme Dreams on there. Nice. I I was just curious if I I'm assuming that you watch videos and that could inspire certain things. Um, and then recently I was thinking of this because one of my favorite video game channels, one of the hosts left and the other host is doing it by himself. And his first episode by himself went surprisingly well, but you know, like people, again, people overreact to those things. Um, but, uh, I've also been watching just general cinema. I've been watching a uh, dead meat kill count. I have no interest in horror movies or slasher flicks or bad B movies at all. But somebody said sort of the comedic element of this guy that essentially reviews all of these mediocre to too acceptable, like, bad horror slasher flicks. (laughs) So I've never seen most of these movies, but anyone who has any interest in that stuff and appreciates uh, very, very clever comedy, it's called Dead Meat, and it's fantastic. And it's popular, so people who would like that stuff probably know about it. I'm probably late to the game, but uh, anyways... Yeah, I was just curious what you watched in your spare time. Good to see good inspirations out there for your work and for other Avatar creators. And that's really all I have. That I, That's all I have. That was a lot of talk on stuff. Let's get to the episodes. That was a lot of talk. I, I have no problem. That you know, Like a 40-60, like a I'm okay with that divide, give or take. So last time on Avatar, I feel like I need to say that better. Last time on Avatar. They went or back you can to say like Avatar Roku previously, previously on Avatar. On Avatar. The... <laughs> it's not that action name, but well, yeah, I was gonna it's say I'm probably good. I'm probably over over cinema or over dramifying <laughs> it or dramatizing, I guess would be the word. Yeah. Uh, so they go back to they go back to Omashu and they find that it's under Fire Nation rule. And long story short. They got to get all of these, uh, essentially all these people that are imprisoned in their own city, outside of the city. And somehow in the process, they accidentally, so to speak, kidnap the Fire Nation governor or Omashu's Fire Nation governor's baby. And um, and then kind of on the side, Azula recruits. I always want to say Mai, but it's May, I think. Gosh, I always want to say yes. Mai. I think it's May. It is May. And, and then Ty Lee to be on her small elite squadron to hunt down the Avatar. And long story short, it's kind of a clash between Team Avatar and Team Azula, and you just get the feeling that from here on out, that's kind of going to be the two uh, the two clashing forces. Um, so kind of a transitional episode 
but big in the sense that Aang finds out that he still needs an earthbending teacher because Boomy is is not going to help him, seemingly voluntarily. But Boomy's waiting for his right moment to strike. So that leads us into this episode in which they are essentially searching, just trying to decide where to go to get Avatar, uh, to get Avatar, get Aang taught uh, earthbending. Still trying to figure out where to go for that. Kind of just flying around, it seems like aimlessly. I don't know if they've ever said where they're going or where they want to go. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so I'm not sure what they're looking for other than Aang knows, and that's the start of the episode, that he needs to listen to find his earthbending teacher. So they're flying over this swamp, and Aang thinks he hears the swamp speaking to him, and Appa just starts gradually <laughs> flying down towards the swamp, like apparently Appa hears it too. And they're just they're just heading down into a swamp, and then uh, Sokka talks him out of it. He says that's ridiculous. The swamp isn't talking to you. You're insane. Let's go. So he talks him out of it, and then four big tornadoes or one big tornado, not four tornadoes. Where am I getting four tornadoes from? One tornado comes okay. out of the ground and essentially knocks him out of the sky, and then separates them all. And that's kind of where the story begins: is that they're um, they've been separated in this swamp, and they're just starting to hallucinate. They're starting to trip all over the place. So that kind of leads me to my first complaint with this episode is there's a few things that don't really seem to go anywhere. Like it feels like it's a whole episode of kind of build up, but with no end to it. So Sokka sees is, uh, sees illusions of Iwe and Katara sees Iwe and then Iwe, Iwe, Iwe. Yeah. Do I have to pronounce the okay. Y? I just say Iwe, Iwe, Iwe. No, no, I'm all confused. Dang names. Um, and then Aang, Aang sees this little girl who, if you don't know any better, you just she sounds like one of the little twins out of The Shining or something. It's horrifying. And then there's a throw. Yeah, uh, uh, there's a plug for that Dead Meat uh, channel I've been watching. She sounds like the shiny. She's just giggling and hopping all over from tree to tree. So they're all just tripping like crazy. And then on the side, um, Appa and uh, Appa and Momo are being hunted by like these Louisiana Cajun rednecks that live in oh, the swamp. Yeah. And so, it, again, it, it feels like it's all going somewhere. And it just doesn't really. Sorry, getting into my complaints too soon. But we're like we're we're basically halfway through the episode. And uh, (laughs) Sokka has been cutting down or cutting swamp paths or paths through the swamp to to clear their path as they're trying to find Aang specifically. uh, Or even, sorry, I guess they've they've reunited at this point. And Aang and Katara are like, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. They're living things. And Sokka being Sokka is like, no, I asked the swamp and the swamp said it's fine. And he's cutting (laughs) through it. And they keep doing things and they keep mentioning like, hey, it feels like we're being watched. They keep alluding to the supernatural, um, and Sokka keeps trying to talk them out of it. And then they run face first into a giant swamp monster. And it's kind of the first interesting part of the episode, if we're being very honest. And like, huh. so we're, already, we're already like halfway through it, and it's the oh. first part in the episode where something really happens, I think. Although I think them seeing visions, like when Sokka sees a vision of, of Yue, like that to me is it's really telling or just you know it's still it's a reminder of the weight of their journey on them 
Um, and the same with Katara. Katara seeing her mother, you know, they both of them are seeing the things that they have lost the most. Um, I do think that that's a really good, you know, just a really good character moments for them. I, uh, I just, um, I Disagree. think I get annoyed that it, yeah, I get annoyed that it doesn't, uh, it just doesn't mean anything in the, like only Aang's vision really has, uh, any kind of yeah. meaning to it, I guess. And his is the weirdest because he's seeing things that he has not seen before. His mind is manufacturing some futuristic stuff here. Whereas, you know, like Sokka is in Qatar, as you can kind of see. And even Sokka admits it. He's like, yeah, I think about you. You wait. I'm going to screw it up every time now. Every day. And, you know, we lost mom. You think about her a lot. And then Aang's just like, I just saw yeah. some creepy kid just laughing at me running around. <laughs> like, <laughs> can't get the shining out of my head. But, uh, so it, I guess maybe it's neat but it feels like it doesn't go anywhere. And then you get cut away to these rednecks that have actually managed to capture Momo at a certain point. Hey, Chu, what do you think that is? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it tastes like chicken possum. <laughs> it tastes like chicken possum is great. Uh, I think my favorite part is it's closer to the beginning, but when they see its footprints and they're like, you want to know what's on the end of that? path or something like that dinner <laughs> that's the first thing they yeah. to. <laughs> so they okay but that brings me okay that let that brings me to another complaint i have so far is that the tone of this episode is all over the place first we got these kids tripping and seeing serious serious things and thinking about the supernatural then on the other side you have these hilarious rednecks chasing down these <laughs> these furry pets basically and the whole the whole episode does that. The tone is just kind of all over the place. But but when we see the swamp monster, it, it does get kind of interesting. It's a giant swamp monster who you do get the feeling right away that, hey, uh, Saki, you probably pissed off the swamp, and now it's going to kill us all, <laughs> and this is your fault. But uh, So they have what's kind of an interesting battle. I think it takes too long. I think so. Um, it's pretty interesting. I think it's a little drawn out, but it's good. I think it's one of our monsters. first displays of just how, just how um, capable Katara is. Like I love that move she does, where she's like winding her arms, and, like these yeah. blades of of water is just like eating, the, chopping away at the at the monster. And then in the sense that the uh, monster is essentially, oh, spoiler alert, a water bender uh, bending the water in the vines, um, it kind of opens up a creative. Yeah. It's a good episode for like for water bending, impressive episode, I guess. Yeah. So that's kind of, that that's kind of interesting, and I think the fight is really interesting, it, especially the, like the first time you see it when you don't necessarily know that there's a human in there. Maybe you can guess, but as a kid, uh, maybe we guessed it, maybe we didn't. I probably didn't. I was kind of oblivious. So. I, don't, I don't. I don't. I think I don't. I'm pretty sure that I did not think that there was a human in there because like plant bending, which that's not what it's called. It's just water bending. Um, it, it wasn't a thing. Like you never. There's only four nations, so you never thought about that the plant was being bent. Someone was in there doing it. So I think it was a, a nice little surprise, albeit not a grand surprise. Like, no. oh, there's some hippie living in the in the plants. <laughs> Just a chunky little enlightened Uncle Iroh-looking yeah. hippie. Uh, yeah. Time is an illusion. That's <laughs> 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 great. <laughs> The... When I was watching this this today, like I was kind of half sleep, like also watching my son, so I was really trying to stay awake. And, like, don't tell my wife that. <laughs> so nah, I was I, alone watching him. I don't have kids, but I get I was, it. I get it. 
<laughs> I was like just trying to fight this off. Um, and so like I've caught that part where he's like, time's an illusion. Like my, my brain was going in and out of consciousness a little bit. And so when that happens, like I start to just like plug things from the outside world into into my dream. So I kept hearing that time is an illusion thing. It was just playing into my into my like sort of dream state. One of those where it's sort of somewhere between like a daydream and a lucid dream kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, we well, in this case, like we'd definitely seen spirits before and so I'm I'm just guessing in my head, like, yeah, it could have been a spirit. And then they show you a, a glimpse of the little person in there. Long story short, they end up uh, busting him open and finding out it is a little dude. And they confront him because they think that he was the one that was calling him down to the swamp. So now we've kind of got this feeling of, like, he called him down to the swamp to kill them, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but then he says, no, I wasn't calling you. And that's what leads uh, to kind of the moral of the whole episode here, or the, the moral mm-hmm. of the story. Um, which is the aid which swamp. i like all of that oh yeah sorry go ahead i was saying i mean i i enjoyed that whole aspect of it like him saying that like like oh and you know this tree like it's not just a tree like it connects to every single like root across the planet like we're all connected we're all one um <clears throat> and that's something that avatar has like nailed in the heads of like kids watching the show like you have this episode saying that you have probably the next couple episodes i wrote saying like oh well if you draw knowledge and wisdom from all from everyone like you can be whole and then like guru patik and the episode the guru talks about how like it's an illusion that we are all separated like this show is is just a great it's great great life lessons not over the um you know not heavy-handed lessons just really lessons about how you know we all are one and need to look out for each other and consider other people's life and opinions and and you know, what they think about stuff um but that's a small little uh, tangent there no it's a good one it's a fundamental lesson that pervades the entire show uh without punching you in the face with it very often uh, but they do a good job yeah. of frequent callbacks and reminders um i would say in this case the only main issue i have is that guy was trying to <laughs> this guy this little uh this little swamp chunky hippie that's controlling the swamp monster like claims that he is a uh, he is enlightened and he seems to have kind of a spiritual connection or at least a strong awareness yet. He couldn't sense that those kids are the avatar or that two of the three of them weren't trying to cut up his swamp. And yet he's just going to try to kill them all three. Probably not kill them, but maybe kill them and eat them. I don't know. It's hard to say. (laughs) So, uh, but it, but it does come back to a very good lesson and some kind of attractive uh, artistic visuals, really. I really like the zoom out from yeah. the tree uh, when you can see the tree stretch into the mm-hmm. swamp. And yeah, so that's pretty Definitely. cool. So it does have a nice, it does have a really nice lesson. Um, that's sort of the crux. Of the, so there's not really a good story arc necessarily, but there is a good lesson to be learned here or a good, uh, a good agree. moral to yep. the story. And then uh, very minor but I think it happens maybe <laughs> one or two cutaways, like maybe one cutaway in the middle. It's not the first time that we see uh, Suko and Iroh. Um, I think we see them at the beginning when they're forced to be beggars, and that's kind of a telling scene yep. of Iroh has to dance for food and while that guy's like swinging swords at his feet, um, has to dance for money. They're living a tough life, and at the end, uh, we see this the illusion with an A, not illusion. We've been talking about illusions. The illusion... Uh, uh, to the blue spirit coming back 
to help Iroh and Zuko out of some of their troubles. And so not much extra plot coming out of that other than that we see the blue spirit coming back. Yeah. Just a it's more like just a just a quick reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Little foreshadowing. So um good. Uh, that's, yeah, that's honestly the episode. Like not that much happens. It is, and we'll get to that. I'm interested to hear your scores. Uh probably not a bad episode but probably not our favorite episode i really like this visual because i think the day again this that there is some aesthetic appeal oh you gotta look gotta like lean up to look at the phone there is some aesthetically appealing things in this episode that we'll get to in a second but yeah i just can't get over this enlightened quote-unquote hippie just trying to kill these two out of three innocent children (laughs) happen to be enjoying his swamp looking for their own enlightenment (laughs) to I mean, Sokka, he might deserve to die if he's killed in the swamp. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, I'm just afraid that those kids were going to be eaten by swamp hippies. <laughs> Anyways, Chris, do your ratings first. Rating, audiovisual, 7.5 out of 10. Um, I think I'd, the biggest thing that really helped about the audiovisual here is, like I mentioned before, Katara's waterbending in this. And then I just had the visual of, like, this thing that looks like a spirit and has, like, a cool mask on it. Yeah. It um, resembles a spirit yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. A lot of spirits. So, seven and a half there. As for the story, also gets a seven and a half. This story could could be could be completely taken out of of, of the show, and it would be completely fine. Um, like, we already... It's it's kind of redundant, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, if they redo this episode... If they, you know, once they do redo the series, like they should not even try to do this episode. I think, um, even though there's callbacks, like the the Chu and whatever their name is, they come back in the so series we need later some on. Some of these characters not... later, but I maybe there's a better. I don't think they're that important. Them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but the main purpose of this episode was like, oh, you need to go find Toph, mm-hmm. and Boomy already said that, like, he like, you can just go to. The Earth Rumble, as we'll get to at some point in the future, and then like, oh, she waits and listens. Like, he doesn't need this reminder here. <laughs> like, it's just a little redundant. He didn't forget since last episode, actually. Yeah. Surprise. Uh, memorable a seven. Oh, I'm yawning. That's how memorable it is. Um, <laughs> I give it a yawn out of ten. Yeah. Um, this is one episode that I, I never look forward to watching. Really. So only a seven out of ten there. So, average score of 7.4 out of 10. Uh, pretty close for pretty similar reasons. Uh, nothing audio spectacular here, but there's some neat visuals. 8.0, there's some good-looking pieces, and the swamp's kind of a cool different take on the environment. Oh, excuse me. Um, the swamp's kind of a cool take than we've seen recently. Story, uh, I would have been much farther down if it didn't have such a nice moral. It really does just feel like we need filler. We mm-hmm. need a good moral. Let's recreate the, uh, you know, crashing in the swamp from Return of the Jedi um, or uh, Empire Strikes Back. Let's just recreate that yes. and and add a good moral to it. There's, there, I guess there just really isn't much of a story here. There's just a lesson, which is fine. Seven and a half. Memorable. If you take, the, if you take out the comedy involving the hippies, I probably wouldn't remember much of this episode. Like, it t- uh, I'd probably remember that at one point they fight a swap monster. That's probably all I mm-hmm. give it. So again, not bad, but just there's not much to this episode. 
Um, still, that scores out at a 7.4. So nice. Very, very similarly scoring there. Average score, pretty easy, 7.4. That brings us to what I think is a much more interesting episode. Uh, and this I one, think so, too. Yeah. Uh, in fact, maybe a sneaky pick for one of, like, an episode that I never really appreciate how much I liked it until <laughs> I put numbers to it. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> like, you see numbers, you're like, yeah, I actually do like that a lot. So they um, so they are chased off of wherever they land by some fire, by a, by a fire-bending army or a small fire-bending group. Um, yes, the Rough Rhinos. The Rough Rhinos. All four experts at, at their perspective skill. You have an <laughs> archer, you have, like, a bomb specialist, um, a firebender, and like a guy with a staff like he's a donatello of the group i guess but he's, <laughs> he's not smart doing some techie stuff with the rhinos i don't know yeah and uh and the regular <laughs> firebender is is clearly the boss and it seems pretty innocuous at the time but the the, the meetup but anyway they get they chase him off of oh is this, is this the first time we've seen the leader of the rough rhinos i think so i think so but you know my memory is not good for these things but i believe so or did or did Iroh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the first time we meet, we meet them. Um, funny enough, the, the leader of the Rough Rhinos killed Jet's parents and has burned his village down, which we don't learn that until, like, finale of Season 2 or later on Season 2. Um, that sounds familiar. <clears throat> when I watched this, I watched the whole Season 2, probably, like, leading up to when we did Episodes 1 and 2 of this season, and that does sound right. Yeah. Um, and mostly I just remember that whole episode being overshadowed by the fact that I had to put up with Jet again. Ugh. Oh, no, re- okay. That's <laughs> such a modest reaction. Stupid Jet. Anyways. I like Jet. I don't. He's a douchebag. I know. Anyway. <laughs> he's, and he gets a little better. I'll give him that. He gets a little better as the series goes on. But... um. Anyway, they uh, so they escape attack, and then they stumble into this merchant. And the only thing I don't really remember why they stumble into this merchant, but the only thing I remember is that uh, Sokka Sokka's boomerang ended up with those firebenders. Like he didn't, he wasn't able to retrieve yes. it, and so they're yeah. buying from this merchant. And the merchant's <laughs> like, "Here you go, ponytail kid." And he's like, "I used to be boomerang kid or boomerang guy." <laughs> That's all. This I is a this is a great it's a great Sokka episode. It's like Sokka being like funny and like deducting things. Kind of purist. Like Sokka. when when they all have to when they have to leave, like they all go back and have to get like Aang has to get a staff. Katara has to get her water beating scrolls. And then right after they leave, Sokka says, "My boomerang." And like no time, Sokka. <laughs> so we, so we have time to get his staff and your water beating scrolls, but not my boomerang. And Katara's like, "Pretty much." Yep. Uh, and Sokka goes along with. He kind of, he, like he how, does kind of get it. He's like, ah, yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, and then in that moment, you said where, I, like, when he's like, oh, I used to be the boomerang guy. Like, Katara gives him like a hug. Like, it's a very sisterly it hug. Is. It, uh, this is, it's almost like they realized how big of a DB uh, Sokka has been in the last episode, and so they wanted to give him a little redemption, and he gets it in this episode. It's a great Sokka episode. Uh, I'll go out on a limb and say one of Sokka's best appearances right here in this episode and so not to dwell too much last episode i feel like i burned through everything this episode not to get too much into the details uh but uh katara pays for their goods in water tribe money and he's like hey water tribe money cool 
And he's just like, yeah, you accept it, right? And he's like, yeah, as long as it's money. And it's just funny to me that that comes back <laughs> later. There's And there's lots of little the things callbacks. in this episode that are like, there's little callbacks in there. So uh, yeah. they, he's like, so you guys going to the celebration? Yeah, it sounds great. It's Avatar Day celebration. And Aang looks up at him like, yeah, we got to go see that it's celebration. So they go and... <laughs> It's a really cool celebration. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's Sokka's like, hey, what's that guy with the torch doing? Like, they're admiring the torch and how cool mm-hmm. it is. And then they're like, hey, what's he doing? He's, like, running at the Avatar statue. <laughs> yeah. And he sets it on fire. And then all everybody just gets really enraged and violent, like Lynch Mobby. Like, kill the Avatar. Down with the Avatar. Yeah. And it's kind of a really stark shift in tone from what has been a funny episode. And it takes a really dark turn, but then it's not really that dark of an episode, all things mm-hmm. considered. So mm-hmm. they they find out that Avatar Day is actually uh, sort of an anti-Avatar Day because Kiyoshi killed their ruler, Chin, and they are under this impression yes. that their society was much Chin. better. Yeah, Chin the Great. Chin the Great. As they call Chin it. The great. Which I think is interesting. Um, as opposed uh, yeah, that, to that, that, the actual... There's that old guy. There's an old guy like, we used to be a, a, great, <laughs> a great society. Like he looks terrible. <laughs> he's like cockeyed and insane looking. Yeah. In my mind, that guy's like the, that guy's like the grown up version of foamy mouth guy. Like that kind of insane, weird, goofy. Yes. Oh, uh, which is another great, yeah. another great call. Speaking of foamy mouth guy. Speaking of foamy mouth guy. Uh, <laughs> in a few minutes, we certainly will. He. So anyway. Um, Aang stands up and says, uh, no, that's that's not right. That's probably not what happened. Uh, give me a chance to figure it out, clear my name. And then this worth they they say, All right, well you're gonna stand trial our way, including uh, you know, our trial methods or whatever, and you have to pay bail. And so the next thing they show Aang imprisoned and he's like, How's I supposed to know they didn't accept water bending tribe money? <laughs> yeah and i know it's little but it was just uh, a good, such a clever a good, and it's a quick callback too it is it's again seemingly innocuous but very clever and then that kicks off though this the real meat of this episode which is Sokka conducting an investigation to the best of his <laughs> poor abilities and they actually do gather some facts that suggest yeah uh, that suggest that kiyoshi was probably innocent um, and it's probably We're not quite little, enough for proof, but, but altogether that they feel good about it. I just love when he goes to Kyoshi Island. He talks talks to like the leader or whatever. He's like, they say now Nav- Avatar killed their leader. They say it was Kyoshi. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's so CSI to me. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, like, David Caruso. I can't think his name. David Caruso this is the guy that like drops oh. the one-liners and puts the sunglasses on. And, like yeah. it looks like we yeah. found our man. And then yeah, the like if a teacher dies, the like they'll be like, mm, <laughs> look like school's, the out. school's out. <laughs> like, I think, I think we talk about John Mulaney the second most of anything <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah. He's the second most frequent topic of conversation. Um, his name is David Caruso. I forget his his. Real name is Horatio something, or I, it's crazy. But anyways, uh, Sokka does have a cool hat and a cool pipe, and he does pull that kind of like drawn out pause with the smite, with the pope, uh, yeah. pipe smoke in between his accusations. But 
they they went to Kyushu Island to help gather some evidence, and Foamy Mouth Guy was there. But then it's disappointing because <laughs> Aang is not. They all get they get all crazy because yeah. they think Aang's coming back, and then Aang's <laughs> not even with them. So Foamy like, Mouth Guy just fainted he, for nothing. Foamy Mouth Guy is doing so much like storytelling without saying a word. Mm, he, <laughs> like, he gets there and he's like. <gasps> <laughs> he's like in my head he's like why didn't you guys tell me that the avatar was here and he's here oh my gosh he is here and then it's like wait he's not here oh what huh he's not here okay let me just Five, six, and then he like wipes off his mouth and everything <laughs> he has to wipe off the phone he is easily the uh, most emotive character in this episode and that's high praise <laughs> Because also in this yeah. episode, uh, you'll have to help me remember the name of the person, but the guy, um, uh, the guy from Mulan that happens to be the yes, the leader of this village of of Chin's village. I forget the heck of, I, what the heck the name is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't either. Do they even say it? Whatever. It's where Chin the uh, it's where Chin the Great lived, <laughs> the center of his empire. <laughs> but yeah, the the governor, so to speak, or the leader, the leading official, is. The is the guy from Mulan, and I I just really like yep. that guy, and I think he does a good job. So, they are at Kyoshi Island. There's a nice little toss in or a, a little plug, where uh, Sokka asks where Suki is, and the her dad I think says you had a really big impact on them on those girls. They they went to fight in the war. They're trying to make a difference, and that's thanks to you guys. So nice plug there, and also a little bit of foreshadowing for later in this uh later in this season so that's fine mm-hmm. they gather some more evidence they go back they're trying to get ang uh they they you, they're giving ang all this evidence they find out how the trial wait, wait, wait. the trial be, is gonna before go that away. no go ahead before that i love when ang i love when ang is in jail and like he's like in this <laughs> in this uh shackles it has his head in there and he's talking to the people in the jail who look like really dangerous and stuff. Like they're yeah, all bald, they all got criminals. tattoos. And then, and then, like they're just talking to him. Like, don't worry, this girl you're talking about, she'll come around. Plus, you're the Avatar. You're, like, Aang has been strong? having this conversation with them. You're smart. You're the plus. You're the Avatar. And then he, yeah. like, slips his arms and his head out of the thing, and he's like, yeah, he's on just top like. Of it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you guys are great. It's got like a Looney Tunes kind of. Uh, kind of tactile comedy to it where he slips out of there and just talking to these hardened criminals in prison and yeah it's a very touching scene and so they (laughs) and then the big guy is like tell her how you feel and he's like crying (laughs) (laughs) oh it's great gosh this episode's awesome so they find out how the trial is gonna go because um, they mention evidence to Governor what's his name, who even looks yeah. a little bit like the guy from Mulan, like even looks like him, and they they're like, yeah, we've got some good evidence in our favor, and that guy's like, evidence? That's not how our trials work. <laughs> He's like, I say what I think happened, and then you say what you think happened, then I decide what really happened. <laughs> That's why yeah. they call it justice because it's just us, <laughs> and, and so. Uh, flash forward to the next day uh, that guy gives his version of the story and it's very concise he's like 
Avatar killed Jin. <laughs> right yeah. here, if this is where it happened. Or something like it's very, Chin, very concise. And... Chen the Great was great because he was great. That is all. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> uh-huh. It's very, very appropriate yeah. uh, and then, in the context. And then Aang tries, and then Aang tries to like gather all that evidence that Sokka has and Katara has provided him, but he he's not, uh, you know, he's not a talker like that. He's, he's, he's like, a kid. And um, he's a kid with a lot my of feet stuff are small. Yeah, he's like my feet are small. And your statues have the same, or made of the same material, and I'm innocent. Ta-da! Ta-da! And uh, and the painting at sunset or something. I forget how he words it, but it's pretty much. Yeah. He's a kid facing a difficult situation, and he tries to diffuse it the best way that he knows how, which is with uh, with a light heart. Good try, Aang. Good try. But it doesn't work very well. And then uh, there's a cutaway, but we'll get to the cutaway in a yeah. second, I think. Uh, they come back, and they essentially Katara has dressed Aang as Kyoshi, <laughs> kind of hoping <laughs> that makeup and all everything. It's a detail too. She did a nice job. Good job, Katara. Yeah. Kind of hoping that maybe it would like help her. I don't know if she says it directly, but help him kind of connect with her, her and speak with her. Yeah. Summon her in a sense. And and it looks ridiculous, and it kind of has a very mocking feel. Like at this point, again, the tone of the episode shifts just a little well, bit, where it, they feel like the the villagers feel like they're being mocked a little bit, and it's almost a disrespectful yeah. thing. It looks like, and then just Wang is like, "Hey guys, it's me, Avatar Kyoshi," <laughs> like trying his best. And, and like, I think that is not her voice no. at all. She doesn't have like some like. Like small, fragile little girl's voice or boy's voice. <laughs> he uh, has he spoken with Kyoshi yet, in any sense? No. And I don't like this no, might this be his first, first direct <laughs> interaction with her oh, in yes. this episode. And I absolutely love it. Oh, it's fantastic! So, c- continue down the. <laughs> I mean, you're you're basically there. They're they're sick. Like right. I said, it kind of has a disrespectful tone to it, and you almost. I don't want to say feel bad for the villagers, but you're like, Aang, stop it. This is bad. Um, And then just as Governor What's-His-Name is about to pronounce him guilty, they uh, uh, essentially Avatar Kyoshi takes over Aang's body. And uh, go ahead and take it from here. You sound like you're very excited for this. Yeah, I am excited. So, I mean, the whole freaking scene just changes. Like, this huge gust of wind comes there, and, and, like, the scenery just goes all dark. And then right when that like little tornado disappears, like it's just Kyoshi. Like the first words from Kyoshi is I kill Chen, the conqueror that says it is. That's just one of my favorite lines of the whole entire series. Like, first of all, they've gathered all this evidence that proved her innocent. <laughs> or it was pretty close. And then, like it seemed fairly, yeah. fairly thorough. Yeah. And then, all of that is just completely undone with her saying, I killed Chin the Conqueror. So, like, you as an audience member is wondering, like, okay, but Kyoshi, aren't you innocent? Like, Sokka just has all this evidence that you're innocent. And, you know, she explains it. And just the fact that she calls him Chin the Conqueror instead of Chin the Great is so telling that, like, you know, history tells stories depending on who's, people's viewpoint about it. And then she says, like, Chin the Conqueror was a tyrant who's uh, who's taken over the Earth Kingdom, 
And when he got to my shores, I told him I, we would not yield. And Kyoshi is just massive and tall. Like, she looks like a giant compared to Chanakar, who clearly has, like, a Napoleon complex, even though Napoleon actually was average height for his day. And, gosh, in that scene where Kyoshi, you know, just the way she's narrating her own story is amazing. She she says, like, you know, Chin would not back down. And on that day, we split from the mainland. And, like, she goes into Avatar State. She, like, blows him away. She earthbends, like, a crevice that way. Earthbends a crevice that way. And then undoes her, like, locks her her fans back up. And then just, boom, and lock, she lava bends up. And then just pushes the whole island. It's now an island. <laughs> she pushes it all the way like has to be you know hundreds of miles away like this is the most ba avatar moment and and all of avatar i think that an avatar just created a whole entire continent well it's not continent, a whole entire island by herself i uh it's a it's a really telling scene especially now that we maybe uh hints that we know more that like it was interesting to yeah. hear to hear you say <laughs> that kiyoshi may not even be a like a great earthbender so just to see like a sudden like such a powerful move from such a large powerful looking human with the biggest feet of any avatar by the way which i feel like yes, we've talked about before pull off something that dramatic like we might actually appreciate this move this episode more than we already do once we once we get through this novel so that's kind of exciting to learn more about kiyoshi and it but it's a great recreation i think it's dampened a little bit by the goofiness of chin kind of falling off the ledge in a clumsy in his his underwear basically yeah yeah. Yeah. like i would have rather just seen her like blow it like you don't even have to show him dying specifically like just show him standing there and then she splits a continent we can kind of piece the rest together so uh could have done without that part but overall very minor complaint really cool moment and i agree with you in the sense in terms of like individual defining moments that's probably up there with coolest avatar moments um at least to this point in time to where we're at in the series yeah it's kind of a steep statement but anyway uh town still doesn't care town's still like yeah see (laughs) you're guilty you killed chin the conqueror not chin the great whatever and so they take him to the wheel of sentencing (laughs) so tone shifts back by the way to the wheel of sentencing <laughs> and they're like all we, praying we went for, from please community service please we went from murder in in one swift murder it shifts completely back to yeah. uh to comedy <laughs> and so they're all praying for like please land on community although, service yeah yeah although Kesha didn't murder him like there's to me there's a there's a difference there yeah, she just uh, didn't uh, have to save him <laughs> I, exactly. I mean i mean she is directly responsible and she would say like like, you know, later on in seasons when Aang is trying to talk his past lives, Aang is like, but you didn't, when he's trying to, like, convince himself not to kill the Fire Lord, she's like, no, you can kill people. Like, everyone is like, listen, you're the Avatar. You, there's nothing against killing people. And, like, Aang tries to say, well, you didn't kill Chin the Conqueror. Technically, he fell to his own death because of his stubbornness. And Kyoshi was like, look, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I would have done anything. I would probably stabbed him <laughs> if I had a knife. Like, if... <laughs> she's probably like, listen... Just to make sure he was dead, I went down there, <laughs> found the body, checked Chance. the pulse. It was a faint pulse, so I stabbed. So I took a rock and just, just beat him over the head a few right, times until he was 
gone. Yeah. yeah. She she was not opposed to that. Uh, and Yang Chen, uh, I think we discovered at one point that Yang Chen was was a little murderous. Um, yeah, all the avatars are like. I think she was. Uh, I think she was. Yeah, there's there's nothing. She was fine with it. I mean, she 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 was uh, a good enough avatar. She she had a great balance between I think being feared and being admired. Yang Chen, aka uh, maybe our maybe our number one avatar of all time. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And so yeah, it's. I, this is a this is a cool first interaction with Kyoshi directly between uh, between Aang and herself. Except for that, when Aang comes out of it, he actually doesn't remember what happened, mm-hmm. and so yeah. Sokka's trying to explain. It's like, uh, you're kind of guilty, yeah. and so yeah, you got admitted. To... <laughs> these stupid villagers take him over the wheel of sentencing, which, by the way, lands on boiled in oil. And I love the way the guy <laughs> says it. He's like boiled in oil, like he's very yeah. bored. And but then, fortunately. The the rhino uh, the what is it the rhino riders, um, the rough rhinos rough rhinos thank you eh, literal rhino riders the rough rhinos <laughs> attack and then they're like take us to whoever's in charge here whoever's your leader mm-hmm. and then naturally uh, governor what's his name points to Aang he's like you gotta help me and he's like oh, I'm about to be boiled in oil and he like flips it <laughs> yeah. to community service like there community service now serve our community <laughs> by saving us yeah. And so there again, even when times get tough, there's always enough time for some practical comedy. And then, yeah. so naturally, and then it's, and then it's a, and then it's a, it's, a, it's a nice, good fight. I think you know, short. Oh, I think it? there's a lot of highlights to it. It's kind of diverse. It's not just a one-on-one affair. There's, it's kind of a yeah. two, three, four, uh, kind of diverse. Yeah. A lot of things happen. It's a good fight. Not as strong. How does the, yeah, does everyone- the swamp monster fight? Everyone gets a chance to shine. Katara was on water bending and stuff. Outsmarts this guy in the rough rhino. Um, Sokka gets finds Boomerang back. He does, oh, Boomerang always does come back. It's so touching, Boomerang. You do always come back, <laughs> and he sounds so sincere. Yeah. But he's, that's he great does. voice acting. Like it's goofy and it's funny, but like the, the voice sounds sincere. Like Jack Dasana. He could actually be hugging like a like a long lost teddy bear mm. on the other side. Of the uh, camera there, and I. But would... I love like immediately he, immediately he gets rid of he, he actually and that's the thing about like he actually uses these tools he's got he uses the pipe to to take out the flame of that arrow and he uses the glass to like shine a light on that same guy like really some good uh, ingenuity going on his, there with Sokka his uh, his hilarious Sherlock Holmes props yeah he's doing it well yeah. uh, great fight loved it and like, as you mentioned it's it's not particularly long but it's it is pretty diverse. And hmm. by the end of everything, uh, Team Avatar does prevail, and Avatar Day becomes more of a a thing of celebration, which <laughs> is nice. And then that's that's kind of the end of of Team Avatar's arc here. There's another bit. I don't know if it comes at the dead end or not, but we go to a, a small bit with Iroh and Zuko, where basically at some it's point it's a great bit. It is. It's very important. It's small, but it's um, gosh, it it could almost. I almost forget that it's in this episode because it just stands alone so much that we we see the blue spirit steal some food. Um, I don't want to say in like a rob from the rich to give to the poor way, but it's not like he's robbing other homeless people. Uh, So he steals some food as the blue spirit and he's bringing it back to Iroh to the cave. And but he's also maybe getting some extras on the side. He's got like a nice tea set and everything there. 
And Iroh's like, hey, we're, looks like you did some shopping. I'll let you take it from here. This seems like it's going to be a, a favorite for you. <laughs> well, I think... Uh, so, f- talking about Zuko, like, Zuko, this is one of his lowest points. And previously in the episode, or maybe it was last episode, where... Yeah, it was last episode, where uh, Zuko says, like, we shouldn't be living like this. Like, like we're living like the poor. And I think Iroh says something like, you know, there's... You know, you can find pride in poverty. There's like, a, that's... there's simple honor in poverty. That is in this yeah, episode. Like, that went that specific okay. line. That one's in this episode. Yeah, and it's okay. a good one. I love like, that line. That that line is is so telling. I've never even heard of you know a children's show or any show, you know, treating you know the poor like that. You know, because you know, I, I mean, I've heard other places, but like you, there's a certain uh, growth to being, you know, that low. Like you do have a certain sense of humbleness that I think can sort of sort of put things in perspective for you that you are actually more wise than people who have it all. And Zuko doesn't handle this this well, which is why he steals from so many people. Like he he has a big huge pig out. Like he just has all this stuff. He buys Iroh the best tea thing he can find. Like Zuko is trying to replace you know, replace things replace his honor and his um his priority with you know objects and and iroh's like you know to tell you the truth the best tea tastes just as good in a you know in this great expensive pot than it does in just you know a whole crummy bucket like it doesn't matter um and uh oh crap there's a centipede right there <laughs> where it goes <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unedited version of the show. All of our Patreon subscribers get to see you try to swat a centipede. <laughs> I got it. Um, I always tell that to beer like, snobs too. When beer snobs are like, I have to like if they want to drink it out of a specific glass or whatever. I'm like, hold on, cowboy. Uh, I do. I pull that uh, line. Out and of then one of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes of Uncle Iroh that is that you can truly live by. You know, Zuko is like just all down. Just, down his luck and stuff and he's like you know Iroh tells him something about humility um, and eventually Zuko says like then there's no hope and Iroh immediately snaps he's like no no don't you know don't lose hope you know and at your lowest point you are you know you, you may succumb to your to your lowest instincts like you can't do that you know um you have to gosh, I'm butchering this. Hope, and I hope know is it. the thing you give yourself, or hope is what a gift you give yourself, or something to that extent. Like, yeah, hope hope is what you give yourself. That's the true meaning of inner strength. Like that quote is is, is so applicable to to anyone and and any any type of life or anything of just like you have to hold on to that hope within yourself. Um, like I've. I've I've used as a Facebook sass before and like with no contest at all, um, and the same people like yeah this is a good quote to live by. Um, just absolutely love this moment from Uncle Iroh, and then it kind of it kind of hits even harder later. That like when Zuko is being back up with him is like I've listened to what she said, and I think we have to go our separate ways. Like you can give the best advice you can give to people. And they can still just ignore it. And this is one of those cases. Like that advice is one of those like 
pick me up advice type of things. Like it works, you know, nine times out of ten, <laughs> at least in, in cartoons and stuff. Um, but here it doesn't work because Zuko is still Zuko's a teenager. Just... I mean, he's uh, yeah. I, you're gonna have two of those in your house at the same time someday, and then you're gonna be like, yeah, <laughs> they don't listen. <laughs> Yeah. But it's, I mean, he's just a kid. Uh, That's all I'm getting at is like, yeah, we want him to act a certain way, but he's he's a teenager. Unpredictable. So uh, that being said, yeah, I actually... Great, great moment. Yeah, shocking. Not super surprising now that, I mean, we've seen it, we know it. But, um, you know, at the time, it's, it's kind of shocking, unexpected. Seems like a, seems like a twist, but uh, great moment. Great. There's more, there's more wisdom packed into that, you know, literal two minutes of episode than there is to the other 18 yeah. of this comedy packed uh gem this treat in yeah. the middle of well at the end of disc one so great episode great way to i don't remember exactly if that's how it ends or and that's how it cuts away i think the actual avatar day festival in the positive sense might be the end that's how it ends. might be getting confused yeah. but the um, that's the last thing that boiled dough yeah that's the last thing that really happens so with that being said, let's get to some scores because I'm pretty excited to share these. All right, Idle Visual was an eight. Um, there wasn't that much great stuff except for that amazing scene with Kyoshi, just with the lights dimming and just the tone-wise going to more dark brown. And gosh, I just love that scene and Kyoshi going to the Avatar state. All that was amazing, but it was a fairly small part of the episode. So that gets an eight out of ten story. It's an eight and a half out of ten. Um, there were just some the Uncle Iroh stuff really was the crux of, of the weight here. Um, everything else was fine. I mean, I love hearing about Kyoshi and more of her past, um, and just how like historical figures can be skewed depending on your perspective, and just the simple fact that you can contradict Chin the Great with Chin the Conqueror, and those are two completely separate uh, separate things. As for memorable, gets a nine out of ten. Like this is one of my favorite moments. Like I watch some like reaction videos of, of Avatar, you know, because that's on that's a YouTube thing nowadays. Is reaction videos of things that are like way old, and I always make sure like oh I want to go watch how people react to Kyoshi because that's always one of my favorite moments. <laughs> just that line she delivers, "I killed Shin the Conqueror." I just love it so much. So that gets a nine out of ten. Brings to the weight average score of an 8.4 out of 10. Good score. Solid episode. It uh, ranks very well so far this season. Audiovisual 8.5. All the things you said. But I'm also going to give maybe a little prop to the uh, the Avatar Festival itself. They had some music going on. They literally oh, throw oh, like oh. a flaming torch at, a, at the statue of Aang's <laughs> eyeball. And they just stab it in there. And it's kind of dark. And There's some good stuff going on. So you know, 8, 8.5. Whatever. It's It's good. Um, story same 8.5 all the things you said great story um, it the the story you know I, I, we've talked about it before I like stories that kind of stand and live on their own uh, as independent good stories and this one does you could put it kind of anywhere you wanted timeline wise and it could have some impact here or there but generally it just by itself really entertaining story and then there is some deeper stuff too it's not just a meaningless comedy episode there's some important stuff that happens so a lot of good things memorable 8.5 um yeah it's it's an episode i maybe underappreciated it it's not one i've ever not liked 
But like I said, until I put it in numbers, I'm not sure I really appreciated how much I enjoy it relative to other episodes. So 8.5 brings us both to an 8.5. Pretty appropriate. Uh, yeah. it's a pretty good episode. Uh, I love that lighting. It is such a good freaking visual. And right when it starts to uh, what governor, what's his name? And someday I'll remember his name, but like, you know, dust kind of almost like a dust tornado coming out of the ground and he's like ducking away and it just, it escalates really quickly and really, really, it's it's very dark, kind of dark browns and blacks all over the place, but it's a, it's a dramatic shift in tone and and color um, (laughs) and the actual sort of language tone or what's happening in the episode. It's pretty, pretty wild and pretty fast. So, I seriously can't wait for the Kyoshi novels. I'm really excited to read them. I'm I'm not much of a reader. I mean, I'm still very excited for it, but it's one of those, it's like, I'm sure it'll be a little while before I actually pick it up and read it, but I know when I do it, <laughs> when I actually sit down and do it, I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. Absolutely. And, hey, that's what I got to say. I know we, we talked a ton leading up to this episode, so I won't, <laughs> uh, I won't keep running my mouth. All I will say is that first episode was okay. Second episode was really good. We are getting very close to some of my favorite chunks of the entire series here. I'm a huge fan of Toph, and spoiler alert, we're coming up on that. Uh, love Toph. She's my, one of my favorites. So we're getting there. I can feel it. The excitement's building up for Toph. Yes! The uh, <laughs> the child from The Shining in the swamp. <laughs> so Toph, weird. the person who built Ang Memorial statue. You wouldn't know that if you watched my video. I'm sure anyone who watches this have watched my video. I say that, but I don't know. Uh, I would say that they would definitely watch your other videos before you watch this, right? Like, as a casual <laughs> fan, you're going to see those videos, yeah. and you're going to click on Probably. those. And then you're like, hey, I like this guy. I wonder what else he's got to say. Oh, he spends an hour and 20 minutes every two weeks <laughs> uh, just talking about episodes. I'll give those. I think that's the progression that you go through. So I think that's a safe bet. Yeah. Just a guess. Uh <laughs> He's been Customer. he's been curious for the past hour and a half who won the Blazers Warriors game. He's so. been <laughs> he's been he's been wondering for a long time now. Please be the Blazers. Please be the Blazers. And yeah, go for Warriors. I uh, I don't necessarily have a have a preference at all in other than um, I really like Giannis, so I wouldn't mind you know seeing the Bucks have a chance to shine. Uh-huh. I really don't care at this point who wins. Um, I mean, I like seeing great, I like seeing dynasties. Um, just it's just cool to see like this is the greatest a team would be. Um, so that's why I'm going for the Warriors. It's a quote um, from a stupid commercial, also, but it's one that I think is very true. Is it, it's a it's a dumb Colin Cowherd commercial, and I don't remember what it's for, and I don't even like Colin Cowherd, but he makes a great no. point. Is like people will say they don't like dynasties, but people watch them. And then I also yeah, remember but... those two years in the NCAA tournament where Butler is in the championship game back-to-back years, and they had, like, the lowest ratings of any national championship <laughs> games. Like, we, we, we claim we want upsets. We don't watch upsets. So I'm on that side, too. Like, I don't want to see the Warriors win, but I get Like, people watch dynasties. People watch that stuff. It keeps drama. Good for basketball. That's very tangential. Hey, that's what I've got. Uh, let's talk in... Let me think. Next week's no good, but the one after is good. So we'll talk again in two weeks. We'll run two more episodes All at right. you. If I remember right, they're pretty interesting episodes. I'm pretty excited for them. In the meantime, keep your eye on The Objective Geek right up there. His videos on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, well, he posts on Twitter and his videos are on YouTube. 
and my name's Sean Shaler. Thanks for hanging out with us for a very for uh, for 80 minutes of pure avatar. We appreciate it, and we will talk to you soon. Have a good one.